Satan, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jew to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and he has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. It was not far from the house when the centurion sends friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to, you, to have you come under my roof. That is why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority. With soldiers under me, I tell to this one, go, and he goes. To that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does, this, does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the man who, was, the man who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. It's a beautiful story. I think most of us know it. Um, just to summarize it and give to a better understanding. So Jesus was crossing, was coming from one town and going to another one. And as he was crossing that town, people heard of him. So if we put it in the context of today, let's say Jesus was coming from Godstone, going to Westrom and crossing Oxted. And as he was entering Oxted, people heard that Jesus is there, the savior, the miracle walker, the guy we hear about. He's there, he's in our town, he's in Oxted. But you may wonder, how do they know that Jesus was here? There are no means of communication like here. There's no cell phone or Instagram. Say, oh, Jesus is here. And people start liking, liking, liking. No, no. There's not that. But the, the answer is because just like Liverpool, Jesus never walked alone. So he had a crowd with him. He had the disciple. And in this, in this chapter, they say there's a crowd. So... Yeah, you can see 12 people plus Jesus and the crowd following him enter Oxted. I think that will make noise and people will start talking and spreading, kids running to their parents. There's someone who is there as Jesus. So the word starts spreading it in Oxted. That Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And the word spread, spread, and it reached Park Road. Where the centurions was living with his servants. It was there. They were gathered. I think they were all looking after him and... There are people and trying to pray, trying to make him uh, healing, but nothing was working. So they heard that Jesus was here in 825 and walking down. So the centurion said, okay, let me send you guys to go and speak to him. So maybe something can happen. So what I like about this passage now is like there's two pleads of the people going to meet Jesus. And um, so the first people, the first group of people that were going to meet Jesus are the, the elders of the Jews. So uh, the centurion sent them. They quickly catch up on Jesus, which means Jesus wasn't walking fast. So when you walk with a group of people, you're quite slow. So because Oxford is a small town, you can cross it quickly. So they catch up with Jesus, and they're starting. And they say, Jesus, we are here because um, we have a centurion whose servant is sick. Would you please come in his house and heal the servant? And the Bible said that they pleaded earnestly, earnestly, which means they were trying intensively to convince Jesus, please come. 
And this, the scripture said, they said to Jesus, this man deserves to have you do this. And we can see that they, it's like they were crying and begging Jesus, did he deserve you to do this, please, Lord? And then they, try, they start enlisting all the good deeds the centurion has done. So he loves our nation because the centurion is not, uh, he's not Jewish, so he's a Roman guy. So he loves our nation and he has built our synagogue, so he deserves you to come. Please, Jesus, come. So they tried to convince Jesus, and he worked. He succeeded. Jesus, con- Jesus was convinced. He said, okay, I'll go and see your guys. Let's go then. So they move from 825 to Master Park, and they're walking down. And as they're walking down, they reach Blue House Lane here. Another group of people come, sent by the centurion again. But this time, in between, something happened. They... Um, the, the friends came and met Jesus, and they completely saying the opposite of what the, the elders were saying. So, the first, the elders say that, the, uh, please come into the, in the house. And now the, this guy, the group of friends sent by the centurion, said, Lord, the centurion has sent to us to you to say that, don't trouble yourself. Don't come in his house anymore. Okay. I believe the, 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 the elder Jew was like, What's happening here? We just came to his house. He just told us to ask him to come. And now these guys come in and said the opposite. They say, yeah, don't trouble yourself. Because, and the Bible said, they said, Lord, don't trouble yourself. For I do not deserve you to have you under my roof. So the, the, I believe the elders was troubled also. So, and the elders was painting a beautiful picture of the centurion. They say that um, he's, a, he's a nice guy. He built our town. But here... The guy, the, the friends came and say, uh, the centurion told us, Jesus, to tell you that he did, he did, um, I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. So I'm not worthy. I'm not a nice guy anymore. Flipping the script. I believe to that point, Jesus was, must have been confused. He said, what's happening here? So this guy, they're all coming for me, for, to go to heal one guy. This guy saying, I should. This one saying, I shouldn't go. So should I go? Should I not go? So Jesus was a bit confused. But then Jesus heard something. They keep on playing. The friends of the centurion keep on pleading. And they say, uh, the guy actually who sent us, centurion, is actually flipped the script to say, it's no longer about him being a good guy and come to me, Jesus. But it's, now it's about Jesus. He said he say he, he that I acknowledge Jesus' position, his position of authority. He acknowledged Jesus' words of power, and he said that your word is sufficient to heal my servant. The scripture said that, he said, but you don't need to come, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. And that requires faith to say that. So something happened when he sent the first group, he stayed home with the servant, he said. And then it's like an epiphany, like the Holy Spirit touched him and said, no, 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 no. They're going to say that he should come, that I'm a good guy and help him. Please, guys, go and stop them quickly. Now, it's not about me. I'm not a worthy guy. I'm not worthy. He shouldn't come to my house. But I know one thing. If he just says something, my servant will be healed. Wow. We don't know what happened in his mind. We don't know. If, we don't know. The Bible doesn't say that. But that requires faith. I just want to take one second and just talk about faith. What is faith? I'm just looking down because I don't know if we have the visual help. <laughs> and yeah, 
<laughs> so what is faith, especially for the definition? And we found the definition of faith in Hebrew 11.1. 1. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. One more time. Faith is confidence of, in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So the definition, it's exactly what the centurion has demonstrated. Faith is confidence in what we hope for. He had hope and confidence that Jesus' word is powerful. And he had the assurance that the servant will be healed after Jesus has spoken. Which is amazing from a non-Jewish person. And when Jesus heard what the centurion, the, the friend said, uh, through the um, what the, the friends say, the word coming from the centurion, Jesus was amazed. And the Bible in verse 10 said that Jesus turned to the crowd and said, Wow! So it must be a gathering of 50, 20 people. And in turn, he said, Wow! This is amazing. And when the Bible said it, I tell you, I have not found such great faith in Israel. In the whole Israel, no one has understood faith like this man has understand it. Can you imagine Jesus being amazed? Normally, it's people being amazed about Jesus. The Bible said that he did that, and people were, oh, my, rabbi, master. But now it's Jesus praising someone's faith. And most of the time when Jesus performed miracles in the gospel, he had to be physically present. He had to be there. Remember in the story of Lazarus, Lazarus was in tomb for four days before Jesus finally arrived and performed miracle. But in this story, Jesus performed miracle at distance. That's beautiful. That's the glory of God. Just by the faith of this guy, at distance, Jesus performed miracle. But who better than a Roman soldier to understand that a decree sent from Roman? will be exactly applied in any part of the region when the Romans were. And this guy understood it. He said, for I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell to this one, go, and he goes. And to that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does this. That's the principle of authority and faith. This guy understood and applied it to Jesus. No one understood this the principle of authority and faith better than him. So what about ourselves? I believe we need to change the way we thought, our attitude, the way we speak, and we'll be experimenting more and more miracle and see God in our hand. The, the centurion changed his mind. First he sent the first group and saying, I'm good, I deserve this, but then he changed his mind. I believe we sometimes need to change our mind to see God's hand. God was about, Jesus was about to do the miracle, be present again, but he did it at distance. And I believe if we change our mind, we can change the way God do miracle through us as well. Um, I just, let's look a bit about the centurion. What can we learn about the centurion? So first, he's a highly military ranking guy. How do we know that? Because he said that he has people under him to whom he give, author- he give orders. He has a servant, so that tells us that he's not an infantryman who 
because offering, uh, to be able to afford the servants had quite money as well. So it was quite highly ranking. We know that he had money because he helps to build the synagogue. So we know that someone highly ranking in, in Israel and with the, with the servants, with money to build, because money, to build the synagogue, we're not talking about petty money here. Um, what else also we can find about him? He cares about people. Well, why am I saying that? Because he said that he cares about his servant. They say his master, that's the, in, in verse 2, his master valued highly. So he valued his servant highly. So he has heart. He's a man of heart. And another trait of character of the centurion as is a humble person. Despite his military position, his money, he was humble. He sent his friends to say to Jesus, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you under my roof. If this is not humility, I don't know what humility is then. Uh, he said that, uh, I didn't come to you because I don't consider myself worthy to come to you. We're talking about maybe a general, and he's rich, he's building a house, and say, I'm not worthy to come to you. So he recognized Jesus' authority and putting himself uh, in the humility. Now let's talk about authority. What's authority? There's a definition of authority. Ta-da! <laughs> so um, it's a definition that I just found on Google. It's a simple one, but it helps us to understand it. It said that the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. That's authority. You have power. You have the right to give orders. Let me give you a simple example. If you have children, you have authority over them. And you can tell, go to bed. It's time. That's authority. They might fight you, but they will end up in bed. <laughs> they will end up in bed because you have authority over them. And remember, there's a story in the Bible when Jesus was hungry, was walking, and he wanted to eat. He sees a fig tree. He says, okay, let me grab a fruit. And he gets there, and there's no fruit. Jesus cursed the fig tree and goes. And the following day, the disciple came and saw the fig tree withered. He said, oh, Jesus, the fig tree, look, look, he was withered. Jesus looked at them and said, those guys don't understand. So he gave them a master class about authority. And we can find out in Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Mark, he said, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and there's no doubt in their heart, but believe that what they say will happen, it will happen. This is authority. Go, throw yourself. It's bedtime. This is how we speak to our children with authority. Speaking with authority. We all know in this scripture that the meaning of mountain we know that mountain means any difficulty we can face. And we have different types of difficulties. It could be your health. It could be your family. It could be your work, your finance. Just had the two years of COVID, finance was difficulty for many of us. So we, can, we, do, we do have difficulties and mountain that we face. And Jesus said that we should speak with authority to them. Do we speak with authority when we're facing problems? How do we speak to our problem? How do we speak to our mountain? Do you revet your authority? Do you wear your authority? Do you believe that you have authority? That's how we need to change how we speak to our problems. We need to have the assurance that what we'll say, what we say will happen. We need to believe that we have authority. It's a matter of belief. Believe that you have authority. Maybe you wonder, do I have authority? So where does authority come from? 
So in the case of the uh, centurion, the authority is a military man. That's easy. He's ranked. You look at him. You salute him. You respect him. You see, Jesus, Jesus is easy because he's the son of God. So all authority come. In Matthew uh, 28, 18, he said that um, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, to Jesus. But what about you and I? Do we have authority? Yes, we do. And where's that coming from? Can we clap for Jesus? He has granted us authority. And there's a myriad of scripture that I can quote that will help you if you ever doubted that you have authority in this earth. Let's go to Luke 10, 19. It's a, I'll quickly go to it. Maybe you want to take it? Should we go? Luke 10, 19. So, and maybe highlight it if you doubt that you don't have authority. It's a, behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpent, scorpion, and all over the power of the enemies, and nothing shall hurt you. So you have authority. Serpents, scorpions, all over the power of your enemies. We all have enemies. We all have the devil working against us, but we have power over him. We have authority over him. Luke 9, 1, another one. He called the 12, uh, the, 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 the 12 together and gave them the power and authority over all demons and to cure disease. Give them power to cure disease. We have authority over disease. We have power over disease. Jesus has given us that. We need to believe it. We have authority over disease. Last one, because authority, there's plenty in the Bible, but I'll give it just the last one. Matthew 16, 19. And I love this one. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be lost in heaven. So we have authority over demons. We have authority over disease. We have authority on earth that will affect heaven. Open and close it in heaven. That's amazing. So we have a spiritual authority. We need to believe just like the, the centurions knew that whatever he says will happen. If I say to this one, go, he goes. If you say to the disease, go, shall we stay? He shall obey you because you have authority in Jesus' name. Let me tell, share you a little story. Uh, four, five, six years ago, my son Amani, we bought his first bike. And uh, we used to live in a court in South Godstone, and the kids were playing around, and he learned to, to ride his bicycle there. So all the kids were playing, and often the weekend, we used to leave just the bike outside the house, just against the wall. We were being lazy to put it back in every time. So when it's in the morning, he comes down, he can play and ride it. And one day, we just woke up, and the bicycle wasn't there. So we asked around, looked for it, and we couldn't find it. One day. Two days, three days, nothing. And the fourth day is nothing. And I don't know, just like the centurion, something flipped in my mind. I was in my kitchen because our kitchen was facing the court, and I pray with authority. I say, I command that bicycle to come back in Jesus' name. That's it. The following day, the bike was there against the wall. We do have authority. We do have authority. 
It's amazing because Jesus love, you have authority. We all have it. May I ask you all to stand with authority. Believe that you have authority in Jesus. Stand and close your eyes now. Imagine yourself as a man of power. Come and do this with me. Imagine yourself as a man of power, authority. The scripture gave you authority. Jesus gave you authority. And now we want you to declare, I want you to speak with authority upon whatever mountain you may facing, upon whatever difficulty you may facing. It could be that you don't sleep well at night. You have authority over your sleep. You have authority over your body, your soul, and your spirit. And I'm asking you now to speak over it with authority. I'm asking you now to speak over your your trouble over your finance. I'm asking you not to pray about it with authority and rebuke any disease. Jesus performed a miracle at distance. You can perform a miracle at distance by speaking to your family member that is quite away from you, your parent, your son, your child, your aunt, your grandma who is sick, or maybe people of your family that are not converted. You can speak with authority and reach them now. Can we all start speaking with authority? Can we all start now praying? Come on, pray, 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 pray with authority. Believe that you have authority. Rebuke disease. Rebuke the devil. Call up on finance. Call up on, on the thing you need in your life. Pray for your family member. Pray for those who need conversion in your family. Pray in Jesus' name. Believe. Pray with authority. I'm asking you to pray with authority in Jesus' name. Jesus is the God of miracles. He can do it. He can do it. He can do it. Believe, believe. Believe has authority. Pray, pray, pray. Don't stop. Keep on praying. Have authority. You need to see the situation changing in your life. You need to cast away the disease. You need to cast away the demon. You need to pray. You need the conversion of your brother. You need the conversion of your sister, of your son, wherever they are, your parents. You need to pray with authority. Call up in the name. Just like I call on the bike, you can call anyone into Jesus. Come on. Pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you. I bless you because you are stirring up a spirit of authority and faith. You are stirring up a spirit of belief that you can do whatever we say will come to pass. If we believe and do not doubt. Because we are men of authority. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.